1: You can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com.
2: Hello and welcome to this week's Runners World podcast with an intro from just me, Ben Hobson, but an interview from myself, Rick and ultra runner Tom Evans. We are of course discussing all things UTMB with Tom as he prepares for the race, but also how this time last year he was having knee surgery and his competitive running future was looking less than certain. Mmm, a tale of recovery. The only bit of news to share is that the finish to the men's marathon at the European Champs was an absolute humdinger and saw German Richard Ringer sprinting past Israel's Maru Teferi in the final 100 ish meters to take a well deserved gold. So, just like Richard Ringer, let's sprint into this episode with our guest of the week.
3: A complete Today we are joined by ultra runner Tom Evans ahead of the UTMB. Um, for anyone who doesn't know much about the UTMB, Tom, could you give us a quick like overview about the race and why it kind of is so important to so many runners?
0: Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so UTMB Ultra Trail de Mont Blanc um, is a 170 kilometer and with 10,000 meters of climbing race that circumnavigates mont blanc Um, it is probably the equivalent of uh the super bowl for ultra runners um it's yeah it's the most competitive it's the most brutal it starts at 6 p.m so you have to run through the night um yeah and it's just for me it's it's one of the, it's the most motivating of races because you know you're going to be racing against the best and you've got to bring your A game um, on the day. So yeah, in a nutshell, um, it's very hard uh, and it's absolutely bonkers. But so many people, so many people do it. And I think the great thing with, yes, this is the Super Bowl of ultra running, but the elite runners are there and they have to carry exactly the same kit and do exactly the same course as the people who are going to, Finish at the finish right at the back, and you compare it to Commonwealth Games, for example, which is just finished, which I have absolutely loved watching. But not everyone can do it. You, if you're selected, you can race, and if you want to run a marathon, you can't run the Commonwealth Games with the elite runners. Um, so yeah, it's for me, it's it is it's the greatest, definitely the greatest European, but probably the greatest and most challenging ultra marathon out there
2: give us some. give us a, a your backstory with the race then tom how when did you you know your involvement? when did you first tackle it which which race did you do have you done all those sorts of things
0: so I, i've there are a couple of different races at ultra Trail de mont blanc there's uh one called ptl that's crazy distance um which i don't know that much about and then there's utmb there's 100 miles then tds that's 140k Then CCC that's 100K and OCC that's 55K. So lots of different races for people to pick from. Um, I've done CCC twice. Uh, I did it in 2017 um, that went well uh, and finished fourth, which, yeah, I was super happy with. And then I then went back in 2018 and managed to better my uh, place by a couple of positions, uh, which is always good. Um, Well, you won,
3: didn't you? You won it.
0: yeah. yeah, so modest. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. modest. Yeah. So yeah. modest. Come on, I'd,
3: to... I'd, I'd be opening <laughs> with that. I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be like, I'd be like wow. and I won it. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah I yeah. won it. Yeah. So yeah, I, I was super happy. So I kind of feel like I've I've ticked that off, and it's the CCC race. The hundred K probably does play slightly more to my strengths, and it's what I'm a bit more comfortable with. But I'm sort of the sort of person I like setting goals and. Uh, New things inspire me. And I know the C- when I prepared for CCC in 2018, I prepared meticulously. I left no stone unturned. I ran the course about 10 times. I know it like the back of my hand. And it just doesn't excite me as much as something with sort of a serious new challenge. Um, so, yeah, so this year, UTMB, will be my second 100 mile race. Um, I raised a 100 mile race in 2019 um, at Western States in the USA um so yeah and as i've I've now been i've been out in the in the mountains now for coming up to two months um and yeah so it'll be uh yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be absolutely crazy and i can't wait
2: before we started talking um because the race takes place obviously in, in around mont blanc and those sorts of and but you're not there currently and, and it's just a sort of an interesting factor we talked about that covid and being around people and and the significance of that still plays in preparation for these events now because you've gone to teen you're away from as many people as you can be and your altitude still to try and sort of finish off your training um how's that sort of affected your your build-up i mean was it a conscious effort or did you make that decision to go to teen sort of last minute
0: uh yeah it would the decision was very last minute i was in chamonix um with the adidas terex trail running team um and it was amazing they'd laid on just the most incredible setup for us sort of accommodation, physios and everything. And that's, that's incredible. But because that was laid on, obviously all the athletes wanted to do it. And rightfully so, everyone should be able to do it. But I was in a house with eight other people um, and it only takes one person. You just increase the, yes, everyone's being super careful, but you just massively increase the, increase the chances. And yes, trail running is an individual sport, but for me, the team element and being part of the Adidas Terex trail running team is incredible. Uh, and there's, there is nothing quite like it. So after a couple of days, me having to then sort of put my hands up and say, look, I'm actually, I, yes, I really want to be here, but I'm actually not that comfortable in order for me to be able to perform my best. I need to, I need to separate myself from this. I'm not prepared to take, to take these risks. Um, so yeah, so I then I then went back to the UK for a week uh, to watch Sophie Caldwell, my fiance, race in the Commonwealth Games in the triathlon, um, and then yeah, then came back out to Team. So yeah, I think I booked my Airbnb two days before I got yeah. here.
2: Um, and the risk of
0: COVID is still definitely there. Yeah, and I think especially with trail running, that's such a community-driven yeah sport that, and in. I I sort of describe describe it. Chamonix is the only place where you are a minor 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 celebrity. Um, I would sort of describe it as you're on sort of probably the equivalent of you're on one of the first series of Love Island that some people watch, but not everyone watched. But some people know about it. So, and because because I love the sport and when and I want to inspire people. And but you'll be walking around Chamonix and people will say, oh, Tom, can can you sign this? Or, oh, can we have a selfie? And it's, you want to say yes. And I really want to say yes. But you've just got to be, you've just kind of got to lock yourself away. And yeah, after the race, great, perfect. I can't wait to do stuff like that. But before it's just what, am I going to inspire more people by having a selfie with them two weeks before a race or... By hopefully having the best performance I possibly can have, and then can enjoy it afterwards.
3: It's, it's interesting when you talk about um, a race that plays to your strengths, because I think in some ways UTMB you know, is it's very technical. There's a big hiking aspect for someone who's a great flat runner, such as yourself as well. That's another string to your bow that um, some ultra runners don't don't have. Uh, certainly, is to the to the extent that you do, have you had to kind of change the runner that you are to be competitive? I'd be interested in that part of your training.
0: I think yes and no. I think a lot of people, including myself, forget that my endurance performance actually started in the military. Um, And the military, you don't do any... When you're in the mountains and when you're training, you don't do any running. It is solely hiking. Um, So I've actually... My training started out with hiking and hours and hours moving slowly yes carrying heavy carrying a heavy pack but hiking and then i then developed my flat speed and i don't think i ever lost the ability to be able to hike and now and it's the same with same with running at night yes i've not done a race at night before but guaranteed i've spent more nights in the mountains than anyone else i'll race against has purely from my military experience which and I think where where sort of I benefit perhaps from other people who have sort of gone into professional sport straight away is I've got that experience in other elements, but it's incredibly transferable skills. Being able to move at night safely, um, but at the same time, sort of pushing your limit, pushing yourself to the limit. And I guess the, the main difference of being in the military is I was looking after people and not worrying about myself as much but worrying about my soldiers more whereas now i just have to worry about myself um <laughs> yeah which yeah. which which i do a lot <laughs> um and I, I can go at my own pace and if i want to speed up i can if i want to slow down i can i don't really have to worry about anyone else um except myself so yeah i think it's yeah the the train and yes the training for this has looked a little bit different and i think sort of the main thing is the all of my intensity has been focused on the uphill so when i was in the uk uh, i used the treadmill um and i've got a great zwift setup um and do a lot of treadmill incline sessions um because i don't need to be able to run fast if i can six minute mile all day then great but actually i probably won't i might run a couple of six minute miles in this race but but that's it. So yeah, I think the last the, tra- the last bit. Yeah, well, I hope no, I'm going to hopefully <laughs> hopefully that'll be slow and you can enjoy it all. Um but yeah, I think it's yeah, the training has changed a little bit. Um volume has been higher than it has for uh ever, um which is great and I think I had a pretty serious injury last year and just sort of navigating around that and making sure that I'm doing enough but not doing too much and yeah it's amazing to say and I'm super thankful to say that the my knee injury from last year hasn't held me back at all in this training block um, but I think that's come from doing the little things well um, and it's, it's, it's boring to you I spend more time doing crab walks and monster walks with a TheraBand around my ankles than I do actually running um, but it's it seemed to work. Um, touch wood. So, um, yeah, long long may that continue.
2: Not to sort of spend too long on the knee stuff, but yeah, I mean, when you when after surgery and all those sorts of things, what was your recovery like? I mean, how soon were you running? What was the sort of general plan? Have you got are you much further on than you thought you'd ever were, or you were told you would be?
0: Yeah. So I uh, my operation was on the twelfth of August. So in four days' time. Um, which there's yeah there's no way I thought I'd be where I was 12 months ago. Yeah it was probably 12 months ago that I sat down with my surgeon and he said, "Look, you have what's going on is going on. You now have a stress fracture as well as uh the tendon and ligament problems in your knee. If we don't operate in the next week, this stress fracture will turn into an actual fracture and we'll need to pin your bone." Um so to be yeah to be told that when I was I thought that it was okay it was getting better and i was planning on going out to utmb to crew and yeah four days before you find out oh actually it's not happening um, yeah so that was that was a pretty tough one to take and yeah i i was really sensible with my rehab and i guess sort of you can split it into three different phases the first phase was very much surgeon led it was basically less is more let's get rid of the swelling as much as we can Then the second phase was physio-led, and I worked really closely with the Red Bull physios um, at the Athlete Performance Centre in Austria, uh, as well as uh, Doug Jones at Altius um, in Manchester. And then the third phase was coach-led um, and actually changed coaches just before my operation um, to a guy called Scott Johnson uh, over in the UK. He's written a couple of books called The Uphill Athlete. And if anyone is wanting to get into to improve mountain performance, uh, read his book. I read his book a while ago and then it was uh, ne- I never thought it'd be an option to be coached by him. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's been an incredible journey. And yeah, and we just took things super slowly. Um, I yeah, spent a lot of time working on knee and hip strength, um, but had to allow everything to heal first. So you had to let the stress fracture heal, and then the surgery all heal. And yeah, it was a slow process. And there were times where I thought, "Oh, this is super boring," but just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. And then there was one point when I first started getting on the bike that I couldn't do a whole revolution I couldn't do 360 degrees on the bike pedal I was going literally a half moon on the bike like 50 times and that was it and I was like that for a week and I was like how am I ever going to run 100 miles again and then just slowly slowly five degrees a day improvement and then you get there and then you think right well I can now do it and uh, I bought a system i bought a something called lever that's like an alter g (laughs) poor man's alter g so it's a it looks like a scaffolding almost built put up around your treadmill um that you then put some you then tied around your waist and it takes off some of your body weight Mm -hmm. so i then started doing some walking both forwards and backwards with that on and it just it I and it felt so weird being like there's no way I can get back to running and then just slowly slowly got there and I I did my first outdoor run on the twelfth of December, um, so four months of no running, um, plus the five months before that that I ran a tiny bit but I couldn't run for more than. 10 seconds without
3: excruciating pain it's amazing it's amazing story yeah to get back to where you are like you know we're talking you're going to be a real contender at the utmb you know the most competitive trail race just after a year after having major knee surgery like i think anyone listening who's undergone surgery was looking down the barrel of surgery i think that's really inspiring because it is scary and some people will will worry that they'll never get back to anything like where they were but you've shown that it's possible
0: you've got to do things differently Um, in surgery after surgery my i guess for me the one thing that was slightly lacking with my performance was my nutrition um i was very much uh, an all or nothing i was either eating like rice broccoli and chicken or things that aren't sort of athlete friendly and i spent a lot of time researching speaking to nutritionists coming up with meal plans so actually i can eat athlete food, but it actually tastes good and it's a real meal rather than okay I'm gonna have half a cup of this and a cup of yeah exactly. And now yeah yeah, now I can I can go on a training camp and I can eat I would say uh sort of bistro pub esque food that's got exactly what I need in it. It tastes amazing. It looks pretty good and you don't feel like you do a you do a hard day's training and you come back and oh you've just got rice a chicken breast and a little bit of salad yeah. and it's just so depressing.
3: Can you give us an example of what's what's a sort of Tom Evans dish? What's what's one of your staples?
0: <laughs> it's a very good question. We've got. We've, <laughs> I really got into making pasta. Um, yeah.
3: Well, like, actually making it?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah,
3: mate. Homemade so pasta.
0: Good. And we've got we've got chickens at home, so yeah. So using to the flour and eggs from the chickens um and yeah what well, my speciality would be I think everyone says that their bolognese is the best um but, gen- <laughs> mine but genuinely mine is um yeah I'm, yeah the bolognese king um, there you go yeah so yeah that would that would definitely that would definitely be up there um I also make a mean potato rosti um, oh yeah yeah I'm, and I'm very I've had a lot of practice at poaching eggs uh, so yeah, potato rosti with with a poached egg on top is a uh, is a firm favourite. Okay. Hey, this this
3: could be the, you could be a new Scott Jurek here, couldn't you? The, ne- the next eat and run. This could be <laughs> this could be you. Yeah,
0: and I, and I'd say I've yeah. I think there are a lot of recipes in in some athlete recipe books that no one's actually ever going to eat.
3: Never going to make. Um, yeah, no, I no. got
0: um. The Flanagan's. The Unicorn
3: Tears one. Yeah I, yeah, I
0: got Flanagan's book and one of the recipes was for sort of some a bison burger. <laughs> right,
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, sure. Uh,
0: I've, I have never seen... I might be shopping <laughs> <at> the wrong <laughs> yeah. place, but um,
3: yeah.
0: yeah, the big Tesco's in Loughborough, I can confirm, does yeah. not sell bison. It's always
3: out of bison, isn't it? It's never yeah, got it's bison out of bison. Notoriously empty, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I
0: don't know where else I can say it. If, any, if anyone knows we can buy no, that, bison. You're right,
3: though. That, that is a good little niche of like... Recipes you might actually cook that are good for you, because too much yeah. of it's sort of theory, isn't it? It's like sprinkle these unicorn tears over this baobab burger, and yeah. You'll be, you're you're never, never, you're never get injured again, yeah.
0: Yeah, you're never gonna make it. So yeah, and for me, for me, lunch is the big one because I train in the morning, I train in the afternoon, and at lunchtime I want to be able to relax. So if I if I've not prepared anything, then I will end up just eating whatever there is or eating nothing, which neither of which are healthy um so actually if yeah if it's something simple that's going to taste good that ticks all the boxes then great just
2: to bring it back i mean i the food chat's always the best one but to bring it back (laughs) to the race itself um what are the sort of key things that you a runner has to get right with the utmb because it's a race where so many elements come into play that can turn the race around what are the sort of the major things that you're considering on race day that have to go right
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I think, so there's the saying of of, control the controllables. There are some things that you can control. There are things that you can't control. So as I'm British and we love talking about the weather. uh,
3: (laughs) Yeah.
0: The weather is a huge factor, um, and whether it's going to be hot or it's going to be cold, and it's probably going to be both. Preparing properly for that, so whether you have, I have a cooling strategy, for example, that is a mixture of um, like I warm up wearing uh, an ice vest, um, which I've never seen anyone do in a in an ultramarathon before but it the science suggests that it's the right thing to do if it's good enough for elliot kipchoge um then it's it's definitely good enough for me um and yeah so keeping core body temperature cold or if at night time you're going to be at two and a half thousand meters above sea level it could well snow how am i going to keep myself warm so testing the right bits of kid and i did a night i did my final night long run two nights ago, um, and yeah, testing a different base layer and um, testing a new head torch that's about to come out, which is super exciting. Um, nutrition's always a big one. Um, everyone loves talking about nutrition, thinking that, again, there is a there is a magic bullet, there's a secret handshake that you can do and you're gonna be able <laughs> to consume the necessary calories uh, that you need. You, and if, if you look at it in a scientific way, so if you burn more calories and you use more carbohydrate when you're at altitude, so just because you read a, some sport, a sports nutrition bulletin saying, oh, you need to consume 80 grams of carbohydrate per hour, every hour. Well, that's great. That's when I'm at sea level. And that they're saying going to go up to 90 to 95 grams of carbohydrate per hour, every hour when I'm at altitude. And then if it's cold at night, I'm going to be burning more fuel. So that's then got to go up again. So just being really flexible with, have yes, I've got a great plan um, from my nutritionist, Stephen Smith. Um, but that flexibility and that understanding of it's great having a plan, but no plan survives contact. And, yeah, being able to, being able to modify that. Um, and I think sort of third and finally is just mentally, it's there are times when you're going to love it um but there are also going to be times where you really struggle whether you're struggling because you're cold or you're tired or you feel worse than you think you should um and it's an marathon. It, it's supposed to be tough and i know it's going to be hard i know there are going to be points where i'm going to suffer and for me I'm looking forward to those points. Now that I've got it in my head that it's not going to be all plain sailing. There's going to be things that go wrong. Right, well, when things do go wrong or things start to get tough, I know that's going to happen. So I can just say, right, well, now embrace it because I know that in some time, an hour, maybe two hours, who knows, things are going to start to be a bit better um, or get worse. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so yeah, it, and, it, 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 and it's just embracing it, being like, right, it's gonna suck. There are gonna be times where it is miserable, but as long as you're prepared for that and you know what to do, um, then yeah, I think that's that's probably the most important thing.
3: Do you have a tactic in terms of obviously that. There's some great people running it. We know Jim Walmsley's up again. His tactic is sort of to go off and sort of sort of encourage anyone to if they dare to follow him. Are you bothered about how other people might run it? Is it all about just executing your strategy or do you have to react to the way that other people are are running it on the day?
0: I'd love to be I'd love to say, oh no, it doesn't matter what anyone else does. I'm just gonna follow my own race plan. Which is what that would be my yeah, that's sort of the golden star answer that everyone says but no one that's the
3: bison burger answer yeah. isn't it that's yeah exactly yeah. yeah
0: yeah do as i say <laughs> not as i do um yes i i want you need to the race doesn't start until 100k in but you need but imagine starting a mar- starting a 5k race a lap behind the best runners in the world Uh, very difficult yes you might you might catch them but unlike a track you don't know how far ahead they are you don't know how they're feeling so yes you need to be there or thereabouts but at what at what cost does that happen so basically i want to get to yes in an ideal world i'll stay with the lead group and i will feel my heart rate will i basically set myself a heart rate limit and if my heart rate goes above my heart rate limit i am so to slow down and get my heart rate lower but the competitive side of you and the short-sightedness of the athlete thinking oh no it'll be all right it's only going to be here for five more minutes so it, it's a real it's a real mix so yes you can look at all of the data that i've collected over the last 12 months sort of lactate threshold and my running economy all of that stuff is great but there's a lot more to it than than meets the eye so yes in an ideal world you'd be there or thereabouts but i genuinely trust in my training knowing that i've done everything i can and if if i can't yeah if their race strategy is so different to mine which having spoken to a couple of people i don't i think it'll be a fairly different looking utmb this year i don't think it will be crazy fast at the beginning um because it's Arguably, the most competitive that it's ever been. Um, I don't think there'll be a breakaway from the beginning, and yeah, without sort of looking at too many other names, you take Killian for example. Killian Journey, probably the the biggest name in mountain sports. He doesn't like front running like that, um, and it takes a lot of confidence to throw the gauntlet down and run in front of Killian. Um, Killian at the end will be there or thereabouts, uh, I'm sure. So, yeah, I think yes, you can take markers off what other people are doing. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, you've, you've got to trust yourself, you've got to trust your training, you trust your process. 20 hours is a long time, um, it's poker. Yeah.
1: It's
2: just a game, isn't it? You know, yeah, exactly. It's someone's you kind of <laughs> people are bluffing. People are, you know, they're trying to show that they're they're absolutely pinging along. Oh, I'm fired! I'm on fire today! <laughs> yeah, I'm, fine. I'm, yeah, fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fine go. Yeah, yeah.
0: And secretly, you've got the worst set of you've got the worst cards in your hand. Yeah.
3: yeah. Oh, wow. And then
0: there'll be and then there'll be someone who just you've never heard of who has the most incredible day. Yeah. Um, and performs really well as happens every single year. There'll be, there'll be someone in the top five that none of us have ever heard of. Yeah. Which is incredible. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah true. Sure. Sure. Yeah. It doesn't happen often in any no. sort of other running you know, yeah. distance, really, does it? You know, suddenly someone will just have a great day and they're in the top five.
0: Yeah. After 20 hours, the form book gets ripped up and thrown out the window. Mm. Um, yeah. Anything can happen.
3: Well, what I think a lot of people like about your... Running, Thomas, you, you don't seem to be intimidated by anyone. It's not you don't think about Killian and Jim Bormsie and start thinking, "Oh, I'm racing for third or fourth. Like you are, so you are a winner, and you are happy to articulate that kind of ambition. Like, I mean, what what does success look like for you at the UTMB? Have you have you thought about what what that means?
0: I think two parts to answer the question. I think running is running. Like we did it when we were kids in the schoolyard and no one cared if you were the fastest or the slowest everyone would run and it was fun. Um, so yeah, I think I try not to overcomplicate it. Yes. I look into the data. Yes. I analyze my data like mad. I'm a, I have a very, very scientific approach to my training, but also it's only running. I am trying to move my legs as quickly as they possibly can for 170 kilometers. It's simple. Yes, you break it down and it's far more complicated than it actually is, but it's not rocket science. It's running and hiking. Um, and I guess my goal is, had you asked me 12 months ago and if I was talking to myself 12 months ago, I wouldn't believe that I was in this position. Um, it is beyond my wildest dreams that I am, yeah, I'm lining up in such good shape and the goal, and I before each race build up, I write down on a piece of paper my sort of top four five goals, big goals and medium goals and small goals. I then put that piece of paper in an envelope, and I then open that envelope the day before the race. So, what my goals are for the race, I can't really remember. <laughs> um, but when I sat down at the beginning, I know I know no one of them. One of them that I will share is. I want to leave no stone unturned and I want to be ready on the start line. Um, And what does that, what has that looked like? That's looked like getting up early so I can get in the home gym to do an hour of rehab before going and doing other things. And it looks like big sacrifices, missing friends' weddings because I'm on training camps at altitude, living on my own it's, yeah, it's a lot of, it's a lot of sacrifice, but yeah. I And I still have another two weeks, two and a half weeks until race day. And yeah, I want to be stood on the start line knowing that I have done absolutely everything that I possibly can to give myself the best chance of having the best possible day. Yes. I'd love to run sub 20 hours. Yes. I would love to win you can't those things are so uncontrollable that actually because yeah you might what if there are three people on the day who are better than you and who have prepared even better than I have all I can control is up to the start line and then how and then how I race so if I can be stood on the start line next to Jim on one side killing on the other side and I can say I genuinely my goal isn't performing in this race my goal is performing to get here um and now i get to enjoy the race which i think and i think i'll probably be the only person who doesn't have a an outcome based goal for the race yes yes i want to win i'm not yes i want to win yes i want to finish top three yes i want to finish top 10 that would be incredible but my that's never been my goal or my focus for this race none of this training has been oh yeah if i do this i could do this workout this is gonna be an amazing workout that will give me a good chance of winning no i'm doing this workout to put myself in the best possible chance so i can stand on that start line and look around and say yeah i belong here yes i had surgery 12 months ago but i deserve to be here i've outworked everyone here and i've trained harder and smarter than everyone else here and I've done everything I possibly can to be on the start
3: line. That's so good that you're right. It's much more empowering, isn't it? And much more controllable to have those sort of goals rather than position or that kind of thing. Um, yeah. I have to bear that one in mind when we do the big half, Ben, which, which a lot of people call the, it's the sort of UTMB of road racing. A lot of people I are think, calling that. I don't think anyone. I've heard that before. I've heard people call <laughs> in, that, in their right mind huge. has ever referred to it as that. Yeah. Um, Bison, Bison burger in the morning and sub one thirty. Here we come. Oh oh, I want to green big. Absolutely flying. Um, <laughs>
2: The way that you you've built up to this, you know, after the injury and, and your approach to racing and the way that you have centered the journey to the race rather than the race being the sort of the end goal, is that the advice you'd give to anyone at building up to a tackling like a long distance ultra sort of distance stuff? Is that is, have you found that the way that you've approached this race has actually been much more rewarding than say other races? Or are, if anyone's brand new to it, they're not injured. Would you just say? get a decent coach, get a decent training plan and work hard. Like, I mean, is it, what is it, you know, what's your approach advice for others?
0: No, I think it's, it's such a good question and it's, it's so, it's, there's such a cop out of an answer. It's so individual. It's so individual. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people will sign up to race because it's an amazing challenge. And Yes, the training is important, but it's not what they think about every minute of every hour of every day. What they want to do is they will. Their goal and their challenge be right. I'm signing up to this race, and I want to finish. I want to run my first hundred kilometer race. I want to do my first ultra, my first ten k, and it's it is all about finishing. And anything else isn't isn't strictly relevant. Yes, you'll do what you have to do in order to get there. But I guess I've sort of peeled back the layers of complexity sort of one if not a couple more steps back of and what I do, I I coach some athletes with Team Project Run and what I say is, right, what what have I got to do in order to achieve this goal? And then that's then my medium term goal. Right. Then what have I got to do in order to achieve my medium term goal? And it's then your short term goals. And Yeah, I think far too many people just sort of have their one overarching goal of, right, I want to complete this race. Right. Well, what is it going to take in order to complete this race? And for me, it was what have I got to do to be on this start line injury free in as good a shape as possible? Yes. If I didn't have this knee injury last year, would I be in better shape than I am now? Well, yes, because I would have had another year's training in my legs. But also I, I might have been injured. I might have done too much. So actually you make the best out of the you make the most out of the situation that you find yourself in. And you do all you can with the cards that you're dealt. So yeah, for me I I think being able to look yourself in the mirror the night before the race and say, Right, I have done I've been so dedicated, I've given absolutely everything I possibly could to this. I have I can now have absolutely no regrets and I can leave everything out there and if it goes completely to plan and it's a fairy tale ending great but if it's not I've still achieved a goal that was a huge huge goal when I said it 12 months ago
3: can I quickly ask you about footwear, Tom? Because I've, I've actually been running a little bit in the Terex Speed Ultras, which are really good, actually, I have to say. I've been very impressed. Thank you very much. Were You were you involved, you were involved you in the much. process of that one. You? you kind of get involved and say, this is, what, this is what's required.
0: Yeah, it's a huge... My sort of relationship with Adidas Terex has been incredible, and it's, it is very much a partnership. And, yeah, we spent a couple of years developing the original Speed Ultra, Um and yeah, it's my, it's such a class shoe. Um, and I'll be running in a, in a version mm. of.
3: Oh, nice. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Something a little a bit, bit,
3: a bit something a
0: little bit different.
2: Oh, look, at he just, oh, guys, we just saw it. We just saw fresh fresh it. And honestly, just, you, won't, you won't believe what it looks like. <laughs> it actually looks really it just, dirty. It looks a bit like
0: that. I hope he's going to
3: clean them. I was going to say, it you better clean them on the start line.
0: Oh, no, they'll be box <laughs> box fresh <laughs> for race day. Um, yeah, and I think, I think footwear, I think for me, sort of, there are three key elements of, but when I get sent so many questions saying, oh, Tom, what are your favorite shoes or, oh, do you think I should run in this or do you think I should run in that? The first thing is, is it comfortable? And for some people, some people will love a shoe. Other people will hate the shoe because it's, it's too, it feels too big. It feels too clunky or it feels too thin. And yeah, and I guess sort of the, I've been, yeah, being able to work with Adios Terex the shoes that I'm wearing I've had such a big input into that I take the responsibility. And a lot of people will say, oh yeah, oh, how did your run go? Oh, oh I got really bad blisters or oh my feet were really sore. Like I've taken one hundred percent responsibility for that and working alongside. Like it's not I can't I can't make the excuse of, oh how was the race? Oh, yeah, not great. My, my feet were really sore for some reason. That's, if, if that happens, that's my fault because I've been working with the team for, jeez, two years for this shoe. And we, yes, we're not there yet. It's, we've still got another year um, and it will improve. It will continue to improve. But yeah, I think, yeah, the first thing about a shoe is it's got to be comfortable. The second thing is the grip. How much grip do you actually need in some races? Yes, when you're running in the lake district, you need quite a lot, you need loads of grip. Um, would I run would I use the same pair of shoes? There's no such thing as like a Swiss Army knife shoe. And if there is, the speed ultra is probably as close as it gets. Could you run in downhill in mud? No. But there are other shoes that you could. So is there isn't a one size fits all? So where some shoes you do yeah you have to sort of balance it out right do i want how much rock protection do i want how much grip do i want and the more you add into the shoe in one way the better it gets but also the heavier it gets and you then go the other way right the more minimal the more minimalist you do yes it gets lighter that's great but also at the same time you're then less protected you've got less cushioning You've got less grip. So and then I think when people ask, Oh, what shoe should I wear for this? And it's like, well, go to go to a shop. Um, ideally like the Adidas store, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there are some other shops, but uh no. i genuinely I'd say if I was advising people, I would say go to somewhere like Cotswold's Outdoors, because they have one shoe from every single mm. brand, and i yeah. just try them on see what you think and you'll probably try them on for all the wrong reasons because oh I like this colour or oh that one looks nice try it on see if it's comfortable if it's comfortable you're halfway there Um, yeah Yeah. I think it's I think comfort is the most especially when you're talking about 100
3: mile races comfort is key No, it's good shoe though. I'll Fair probably play.
0: complain after UTMB that I've
2: Imagine got if you did that, but... you finished
3: and went, no, nah, these shoes are <laughs>
0: absolute. I wouldn't tell anyone. I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell anyone. I'd have to just suffer inside. Limping away. Oh, yeah, well, you're limping. You seem really... to be
3: limping. Yeah, are you yeah. okay? No, I'm fine. I'm fine. No, no, actually. <laughs> yeah, I'm absolutely fine. I've got no blisters, I promise. Tom, thanks so much for your time coming on the Runners World Podcast. Brilliant to talk to you about your running and uh, and also the incoming food book that Ben and I were definitely buying. Uh, and if, yeah and best of luck best of luck you be how exciting and be like you know it's always great watching you race and um yeah very best of luck on the day and hope it goes really well um and thanks again for your time perfect rick and ben thank you very much indeed
2: so that brings us to the end of this week's Run as World podcast. Thanks very much to our guest, Tom Evans, and of course to you for listening. You can subscribe to three issues of Run as World for just £5. Head to hearstmagazines.co.uk slash runnersworldpodcast to get this exclusive listener offer. And most importantly, make sure you subscribe. Tell everyone else to listen to the podcast if they like running. Even if they don't like running, just tell them to listen anyway. Uh, and thanks very much to you all hear from us next week.